Um, I know there's a load of rabble here this morning. Um, it, it's great to have you with us. Can you just come back for a minute? I've cut it short. I've cut the break short. I'm really sorry. I know you're having a wonderful time um, chatting to each other and saying hello, which is brilliant. But you can carry on doing that afterwards. So um, we just want to kick off this morning. Um, we are in the middle of a series of looking at the Lord's Prayer. So if you've been around church before and you know what I'm talking about, then you'll kind of know where that's going. And if you haven't, then just sit tight. Okay, but I just want to kick off this morning with five little anecdotes. Um, and for those of you who might not know, Grey, Grow Baby, um, Libby has mentioned that this morning already as where we're meeting next week, our base where we're meeting next week. But we, we run this project as part of Chelmsford Vineyard and we have this premises on Molson Street, which is right near the town centre, where we give away good quality pre-loved children's clothes and baby items for free to families who need them. And actually, just a little heads up, we're on the radio tomorrow morning at 8 o'clock in the morning. <laughs> BBC Essex. Yeah, there we go. Anyway, Pardon? TV online as well. It's all very exciting. Anyway, okay. Now, a couple of weeks ago, uh, we stumbled across a bubble machine at Grow Baby, and the toddlers loved it. And we were like, oh, do you know what? It would be really great to get one. And we were thinking about whether to buy one or not. And then I just put a shout out to some of you guys, and on the off chance that one of you might have one. And lo and behold, um, one of you had a couple um, and some bubble mixture, so brilliant. Okay, just what we needed. Um, and at Grow Baby, we sometimes get given some really random things um, that are not to do with children's clothing, but that happens anyway. And the other week, we were given a brand new kettle. Uh, but the thing is, it wasn't so random because a couple of weeks before, as a team, we've been saying, do you know what, we really need a kettle. Rather than putting on the massive urn, it would just be brilliant if we just had a quick um, kettle for when we're in there just sorting things out. So, ta-da, just what we needed. And then a couple of weeks before that, um, someone knocked on the window. Just a, a lady walking past uh, wanted to find out a bit more about us. And she offered to repaint the exterior walls and redo the interior windows for us. Um, now, anyone who's seen the building will know that it's got a bit of wear and tear about it. needs a bit of TLC. So she came along last week. She roped in her god godfather and her brother to come too. And they spent the best part of the day... Um, doing up the outside for us, just what we needed. Um, last week, I was buying refreshments for Grow Baby, and I got to the self-service checkout at Tesco's. I scanned everything through, put my mobile on the scanner to pay, only to discover that contactless wasn't working. There was a tiny little note on the top saying, contactless is not working at the moment, and I hadn't seen it, so I'd done it all. Um, I realised my mistake and I was like, oh no, I'm really sorry, I'm going to have to put everything back. I hadn't brought my card with me or anything else. The lady next door to me at her scanner said, don't worry, I'll get it. And she paid for the lot. Like, amazing, right? Um, and on Wednesday, one of the biggest highlights of our session at Grow Baby, Grow Baby was a young mum literally hugging Caroline, who's one of our team, and dancing around with her for joy because she had suddenly found this cosy all-in-one coat for her toddler. It was just the right size, just what she'd been looking for. It was just what was needed. So why am I sharing this with you this morning? Um, it's because they're just a few examples of this week, these last few weeks, of our needs being met. It's almost like someone knew. 
Yeah? Um, and over the last few weeks, like I said, we've been looking at uh, how Jesus taught us to pray. If you haven't heard those things, you can catch up with them on Spotify. Um, but the passage we're looking at this morning is... Uh, well, i tell you what, before we look at that, let's just read um, the Lord's Prayer together. It's going to be on the screen, okay? Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Okay, so today we come to this phrase, give us today our daily bread. And right from the start, I think there are two really important things that I want us to hold on to. And the first is this, that we don't overlook what Jesus says just before these words. Because right at the beginning of this passage, if you've got your Bibles, you can find it in Matthew chapter 6. In verse 8 of chapter 6, Jesus says this, Your Father knows what you need before you ask him. I'm going to say that again. Your Father in heaven knows what you need. Right here and now, today, he knows what you need before you even ask him. And I wonder, how does that sit with you? Do you believe it? And some of you might be thinking, yeah, of course, you know. Others of you might be thinking, yes, but I have been asking him for this particular thing for so long and it's not happened yet. And that's a whole other talk in itself that we can come back to. But for now, I want you to hold on to this truth that God knows what you need before you even ask him. So, and the second thing is this then, second thing to hold on to as we start looking at this is who is it we're coming to when we pray? And you might say, well, you know, it says it's our Father in heaven, but I don't just want the textbook answer. However true that is, what I mean is, who do you come to when you pray? Who do you really deep down think that God is like? What do you think he thinks of you? Let's put it another way. Will God be there for you when you need him? Will he give you what you need? Or is he somehow going to leave you to fend for yourself? Can you really trust him? And it all comes down to these really important questions. Because if you have a stingy, revengeful, selfish father, you're going to get a very different response to approaching a loving, kind one. And what you ask of him will be different too. It's really important that we know who we're coming to. And that's why in the message translation of these opening verses uh, in the Lord's Prayer, it says this, Our Father in heaven, reveal who you are. I love that. I love that opening phrase because if we know who we're coming to, it affects everything. Now, if your own experience of your parents or your father figures is difficult, I want you to know what God our Father is like. We come to a loving heavenly father who is almighty God. He watches over us. His gaze is upon us. He knows every detail of our lives. He cares. He knows what we need before we ask him. And Jesus says, in the way that a child approaches a loving father, a daddy, in this totally natural and intimate kind of way of conversation, in that way, ask God for what you need. 
God's love for us is such that he will give us what he needs, what we need. In Matthew chapter 7, Jesus says this at verse 9, Which of you, if your son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a snake? If you then, even though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? And as we pray, we come to a God who literally gave his everything for us. He sent his son Jesus to die on a cross, to die a death that he did not deserve so that it would buy us freedom. You know, it's not in God's nature to withhold from his children what they need. Now, that might not always line up with what we think we need or with our timing, but God knows the bigger picture and we don't. And what he wants for us is to, for us to know his heart and to ask him for what we need to have this personal to and froing conversation with him. He is so kind, he is so faithful, and he loves us. And if you don't know that this morning, and you would like to, if you don't know him, we would love to introduce him to you later. So what do you need right now today? Maybe money to pay the rent, or to keep a roof over your head, or to pay the heating bills. Uh, maybe food for the table, maybe comfort for your grief, maybe peace in your mind and your heart that is so anxious about different things. God knows what you need before you even ask. And yet he invites us to ask. And so we have this phrase, give us this day our daily bread. Lord, would you give me what I need to sustain me, to feed me, to keep me alive? And so this morning, just briefly, I wanted to touch on five, really shortly, tiny, tinyly kind of touch on those five passages or five um, examples that actually talk about bread in the Bible with the hope that it will spark something in you and you'll just go away and look at those as well. Okay, so I'm just going to do this kind of fairly quickly. Um, okay, if you've not got a Bible, um, go and grab one from the back table. Um, otherwise, get your Bibles out. Okay, First example we're going to look at is in the Old Testament, in Exodus, okay? Um, oh, here we go. Um, and it's, uh, it's about the Israelites who have been rescued from slavery under the Egyptians, and they're on this really long journey following Moses, who is leading them to where God is taking them. Um, you need to head for Exodus 16, if that's where you're kind of looking, okay? And they hit across this kind of hot, barren place of the wilderness, and day after day, they face the same harsh conditions. But in this place, God miraculously provides for their needs. Now, Putty Putman, who is a pastor um, from the States, he says this, that in the wilderness, safety is connected to the proximity of God's presence. So in the desert, there are extremes of temperature. There's scorching heat in the day, and there's dropping temperatures at night. And what God does in this passage, what we see as we read it, is that he literally takes the edge off the heat of the day and the edge off the cold of the night by providing a pillar of cloud to protect the, um, the people in the day and the pillar of fire to warm them at night. God provides exactly what the Israelite people need to keep them alive. And God's presence literally makes an inhospitable place hospitable. And then the people start grumbling that they don't have enough food, and God provides meat in the form of quail in the evening and bread in the form of manna 
in the morning. And this is where we join the little story. Exodus chapter 16 from verse 13. That evening, quail came and covered the camp. And in the morning, there was a layer of dew around the camp. When the dew was gone, thin flakes like frost on the ground appeared on the desert floor. When the Israelites saw it, they said to each other, what is it? For they didn't know what it was. Moses said to them, it is the bread the Lord has given you to eat. This is what the Lord has commanded. Everyone is to gather as much as they need. Take an omer, which was a kind of form, a quantity, um, for each person that you have in your tent. The Israelites did as they were told, and some gathered much, some gathered little. And when they measured it by the omer, the one who gathered much did not have too much, and the one who gathered little did not have too little. Everyone had gathered just as much as they needed. Manna literally means, what is it? And what the Israelites found was that it was just what they needed. And maybe when God meets our needs in ways that we don't expect, maybe we still say, what is this? Like, what do you call this? But actually, God is meeting our needs. And every morning the manna appeared, um, it was just what was needed for the day. And what we see in this passage is that God provides just what is needed at just the right time time. We see the people relying on God's provision, relying on him for resources, for strategies, for direction and for protection. All of that comes about in this story. And we see God's relentless, faithful, day-by-day provision, always in the moment and never ahead of time. Have you seen that in your own life? Like always in the moment. How we would want it ahead of a time, right? But it's always in the moment. And I think it's like this because otherwise what happens is we tend to get ahead of ourselves. We tend to take back control. But the invitation that we have is continually to trust, to continually ask and wait for his provision, to continually have that toing and froing conversation and be with God. It's like God is saying to you and to me, let's do this thing called life together. Like, don't run on ahead of me. Let's do this together. That's the first example. Second example, John chapter 6, verse 35. Jesus says, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry, and whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. He is our daily bread. As we come to him, he is our sustenance, our resource. He is the one who satisfies, the one who gives life. God is our enough. He himself is our provision. All our needs are met in Jesus. Whatever we're going through now, whatever we will face in the future, God is our enough. He is our provision. And there's a words of an old song that we sometimes sing around here that says, Lord, you're all I want. You're all I've ever needed. Um, You're all I want. Would you help me know that you are here? Okay, I said I was going to whiz through. These are for you to look back on yourselves. Okay, Um, Matthew chapter 14, verses 14 to 21, the feeding of the 5,000. When Jesus landed and saw a large crowd, he had compassion on them and he healed the sick. As evening approached, the disciples came to him and said, this is a remote place and it's already getting late. Send the crowds away so that they can go to the villages and buy themselves some food. Jesus replied, They do not need to go away. You give them something to eat. We have here only five loaves of bread and two fish, they answered. Bring them here to me, he said. 
and he directed the people to sit down on the grass. Taking the five loaves and the two fish and looking up to heaven, he gave thanks and he broke the loaves. And then he gave them to the disciples and the disciples gave them to the people. They all ate and were satisfied. And the disciples picked up 12 basketfuls of broken pieces that were left over. The number of those who ate was about 5,000 men besides women and children. They all ate and were satisfied. Jesus multiplied the little that was there and then there was plenty and people were full and people had what they needed. Jesus is really concerned about the details of our lives. He is concerned about our bodies as well as our hearts and our minds and our souls. He is very, very practical. Their physical needs were met and their souls were met because they had been in the presence of Jesus. Number four, Matthew chapter 26. Then we come to the bread of the communion table. And Jesus and his disciples were gathered together for a celebration meal. And Jesus tells them about his forthcoming death. Verse 26, while they were eating, Jesus took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and he gave it to his disciples saying, take and eat, this is my body. So Jesus uses these symbols of bread and wine to tell the story of what is going to happen, to tell the story of how he is going to pay the price for all of our sin, how he is going to cancel our debt, of how we can, by believing in his death and resurrection, come close and ask of our living God the things that we need. The bread here is a symbol that reminds us that Jesus' death is enough. It covers all our sin, all our falling short. It speaks of Jesus being the bread of life and of his ultimate meeting of our needs on the cross. Fifth. This, is, this takes place not long after Jesus' death. And there's been rumors that a few people have kind of seen that Jesus um, was alive again, but people were still really confused and scared and not sure what to think. And then these two friends are walking along the road and the resurrected Jesus comes walking alongside them but they don't realise it's him until they get to the place um, where they're going to stay for a bit and they share a meal together. You can find this in Luke chapter 24, verse 30. This is what it says. When Jesus was at the table with them, he took bread and he gave thanks. Does that sound familiar? He broke it and he began to give it to them. And then their eyes were opened and they recognized him. They recognized Jesus when he broke the bread, when they remembered that he was the bread of life, that he would always be all that they would ever need. So our Father in heaven, give us today our daily bread. So time and time again, we see examples of God meeting people's needs. We see it in the Bible we see it throughout history. I know there are stories in this room of people who have known God take care of their needs again and again and again. Your Father in heaven knows what you need. And so you would think we would come and we'd say, Our Father, give us today our daily bread. But the thing is, sometimes we don't. So why, if God is like this, why do we not always come to him to ask him for what we need? Or perhaps we just come to him 
and to ask him for the small things, um, the things that we think he can cope with. Like, how does that work when we're talking to the creator of the universe? But sometimes that's what we do. Uh, maybe sometimes we only talk to him and bring to him and ask for him the superficial things rather than the things that really matter most to us. And I wonder if there are three main things why we might not always come to God and ask him for what we need. And the first is this, fear. Like, what goes inside us, on inside us might be, are you really who you say you are? Like, can I really trust you? Will you really meet my needs? Will you really not let me down? Will you really be there when I need you? Will you really be everything I need? Can I really let you take care of this thing? And so we're fearful about asking for that thing. And if you're in that place today, we would love to pray for you. That whole thing of, Lord, would you reveal who you are? We would love that God would show you how he loves you and how he longs to take care of you. The second thing I think that sometimes get in the way, gets in the way is our sin, our self-sufficiency, our pride. We just get in the habit of relying on ourselves instead of trusting God. Like the kind of, you know, I'll sort this, I've got this. And yet what God says to us is, no, I've got this. Like if we'll let him, I've got this. And it's all tied up with trust because we kind of say, do you really know what you're doing? Like I know what I need. Um, I know what's best for me. Uh, I'm not really sure I can entrust that to someone else. So we become self-sufficient except we find that that's not sufficient and our hearts get harder, and we get weighed down by all the things that we need and striving for those things and trying to meet them in our own ways. And it's exhausting. It doesn't work. And, you know, if any of us are in that place today, we, again, we would love to pray. It may be that we need to repent. Lord, sorry. Could I just turn my face to you again? Could I approach you again with myself, with, with what I need? Could I let you have this thing that I've been holding on to? Could I give this to you so that you would take care of it for me? And the third thing, another reason why we don't always come to him, is our shame. And this is tied up with this deep down belief that we're not worthy. Like, I'm, I'm not worth you doing that for me. So why would I even ask you? Like, why would you really care? And for others, maybe, um, you know, you might care for others, but, but me, I'm not sure about that. But you see, he does care. He died for you because he considers you worth the cost of his only son dying on the cross. You may not feel enough, but he is your enough. You know, the age-old whisper of the enemy, the one who doesn't want us to go to God, the one who doesn't want us to share our heart with God like a child with a loving father, the age-old whisper of the enemy is, really? Did God really say? Like, did God really say that he'd take care of you, that he'd really be everything that you need? Really? And it's the same voice of the serpent in the Garden of Eden that we hear all the time now. But Psalm 139, and this is not on here, but it says, Search me and know my heart. Test me 
and know my anxious thoughts and lead me in the way everlasting. See if there is any offensive way in me. So this morning, if you find yourself resistant in any way to coming close to God, to ask for your daily bread, to ask for what you need, I want to encourage you just to sit with this psalm for a while. Take it back home. Have some time at home with it so that you can begin to see and know. And when I say know, I mean experience more of the love that God has for you. This is the God that we come to. And maybe somehow we've not kind of got into the habit of asking or maybe we've fallen out of the habit of asking for what we need when we've hit something hard. You know, when you feel scared or disappointed or angry or have any sense of lack, I want to encourage you to practice coming into the presence of God with that and opening yourself up to just being loved by him, to sit in the safe space that he is for us and to be assured that he knows everything even before we ask and that he totally cares about every single detail. We get to practice asking when we get to practice sitting with the person who loves us so. And it's the order of the prayer that Jesus taught. It's our Father, it's Daddy, that bit comes first. Lord, you know what I need, but I come to you now again and I ask. I can't do this on my own, I need you. You are all I want. Come have your way in me. Let your kingdom come, let your will be done. It's the order of the prayer that Jesus teaches us. We, we have to know who we're coming to first. And so our hearts cry is, can I really come to you with anything and everything? And God says, yes, really. You really, really can. So God says, come to me. And Jesus says, come to me. And the Holy Spirit says, come. He says that to us this morning. I don't know what you need this morning, but he does. So why don't we stand?